Alrighty, welcome back to the Norwood Noise Podcast, episode number 17 here, and it is March 1st. It is the best month of the year, in my humble opinion. Um, obviously, of course, March Madness, the NCAA tournament, on the horizon here for college basketball. So yes, looking forward to uh, what this tournament has to bring, especially after a wild Saturday. We will get to all that here in just a moment. But first of all, a couple of... Um, Uh, excuse me, a few housekeeping items. Uh, first of all, would like to mention that uh, my colleague Graham Griffith is out tonight. Um, he has had a terrible sickness this past week. Uh, he is currently voiceless, so he would be not a lot of help on uh, this episode or this edition of the pod. So unfortunately, with such a crazy weekend, we won't get our full uh, commentary in, but I will go through and kind of run through every game and kind of give you my takes on it, of course. Um, so you'll be hearing a lot of my voice tonight, uh, but I'll try and make it brief. That way you guys don't get too bored and, uh, you know, you don't skip <laughs> skip the end of the episode because it will be a good one. It is a jam-packed one. So we will get right into things. We'll go through. We'll do a quick run-through um, on uh, – we'll do a quick run-through on, obviously, the last week's games. We'll do a little – obviously, um, we'll do a bubble watch kind of segment as well. And then we'll end it with, of course, uh, the Musketeer Minute. So we will – Get, uh, get right underway here. We'll start with last Wednesday's games, right where we left off. Um, last Wednesday, February 23rd, Auburn taking care of business, Kentucky taking care of business, Duke taking care of business, Wisconsin taking care of business, Houston and Texas all taking care of business. So all your top 25 teams won, um, as well as Providence. We will get to that Providence-Savior game here in a few. But, again, uh, as I'm sure most of you have seen, that was a wild game last Wednesday. We'll get to that in just a minute, though. Then we'll get to Thursday. Um, my early season projection uh, was that Gonzaga was going to lose uh, their one conference game year that they always lose uh, to San Francisco on the road. I thought the Dons were a really solid team this year. Thought they had something special going. Um, so I really liked uh, what the Dons had going. I thought they were going to be the ones to knock off Gonzaga uh, for that first conference loss for them. And uh, unfortunately, I was one game too early, um, as we'll get to the Saturday pot eventually, or the Saturday. Uh, games here in just a moment, but obviously Gonzaga uh, did take care of business there. 89-73, good win for them. Arizona winning by 20 over Utah. Ohio State edging Illinois on the road, 86-83. That was a big win for the Buckeyes. Statement win for them as Illinois um, still in that Big Ten race, obviously. USC edged Oregon State 3-23 and Oregon State in two overtimes. Let me, let me one more time. 3-23 and Oregon State. Uh, in two overtimes. Um, yeah, wild game there, uh, but USC did get away with the victory. Thank goodness that would have been a terrible loss for Oregon, or for USC there. Um, would have definitely been a what we call a seed line knocker, so they would have been knocked off a seed line there uh, with a loss there. Murray State, uh, in another uh, mid-major game, j- absolutely wiped the floor with Belmont, or Belmont, who was supposed to be their only real competition this year in the OVC. 76-43, Murray State just sh- showed that they were a legit uh contender here and they uh yeah i mean with that big that was that was en route to uh completing the 18 and 0 ovc season so good good on the racers good for murray state um they're they're a lock in the tournament they're an at large whether they lose in the tournament or not so murray state will be in the ncaa tournament st mary's as well uh good win for them against san diego thursday night 60 46 
The headliner of that night, though, was Oregon getting the win at uh, at home against UCLA, 68-63, a big win for them to kind of keep their uh, tournament hopes alive. Friday night, Iowa continuing their tear, moving to 20-8 and after an 88-78 win over Nebraska on the road. And then Saturday, Saturday was wild, uh, arguably statistically maybe the great the craziest day in college basketball history i wouldn't say so just considering ncaa tournament and things like that um and some other wild upset days that i've seen um but the top six teams all lost on saturday uh, february 26 2022 as well as uh number the number nine team in the country so seven of the top 10 go down um a wild day but again like i said earlier a lot of these teams lost to teams that were actually favored you know ranked teams on the road things like that so I wouldn't say anything too crazy happened, um, but we will just go in sequential order here. Uh, the first one of the day was Michigan State knocking off Purdue. That was an early uh, noon game. Uh, Tyson Walker game-winning uh, three there for Michigan State in the final seconds. Good to see Michigan State getting a much-needed win. Obviously, they've fallen out of the top 25 and kind of fallen apart slightly um, over the last few weeks, so good to see them get a big win. Uh, Purdue, a tough one on the road, but I had nothing, I think, to panic there for the Boilermakers. Um, next after that was Kentucky and Arkansas. Uh, Kentucky again at, on the road at Arkansas. Arkansas has proven to be a tough team to beat, especially at Bud Walton this year. Um, Arkansas took care of Auburn there um, earlier in the season, so obviously uh, Kentucky losing there. Not a complete shocker, 75-73. The Razorbacks win there. Number three, Auburn went on the road to number 17, Tennessee, losing 67-62 to the Vols. So again, not, a, not like a crazy shocking upset, but one to note nonetheless. Um, then later in the evening, TCU knocking off Texas Tech. That was a big upset and something to keep the Frogs' hopes alive when it comes to tournament time. Um, 69-66, good win for the Frogs, pushing them to 18-9, in the Big 12, so big win for them. Texas Tech, again, nothing to, I would say, be super worried about, but definitely a tough loss for them um, late, in the, late in the conference play just like this. And then later in the evening, uh, Kansas and Baylor squared off. The host of college game day was the Baylor Bears this past weekend. Um, the Jayhawks took an 80-70 to 70 loss. Um, an unfortunate one, especially after the way that the Hawks started. Baylor sort of crawled back after Kansas had as big as a 13-point lead in that game. Um, Baylor really taking over down the second half. Uh, and Kansas' offense getting a little sloppy there late. Uh, 49-38, uh, Baylor outscored Kansas in the second half to win 80-70. to 70. Good win for them. Abaji, again, a, just a quiet 27. Um, unbelievable how how well he continues to just fill it up for the Jayhawks. But great win for Baylor and possibly one to lock them up or, or put them up towards, uh, give them a better chance of getting a one seed. So huge win there for the Baylor Bears. And then the other, uh, the other kind of shocker upset uh, from the evening was Colorado. Uh, Arizona going on the road to Colorado. Colorado gets a win, 79-63, a 16-point win for the Buffaloes. Huge win for them. Um, don't think it's enough to get them in the NCAA tournament conversation, but a, a tough loss for an Arizona Wildcats team that's uh, gotten their way up to number two in the country that has now fallen, obviously. Um, still think Tommy Lloyd's doing a great job down there with the Wildcats. Um, but again, we'll just see uh, how much that affects them come tournament time. I wouldn't say it's the end of the world, uh, but definitely a, a big loss for them, and 16 is not exactly a... Uh, a close loss either so and then the nightcap of the evening uh number one gonzaga going on the road um to moraga to uh st mary's st mary's takes care of business there 67 57 um a wild game and and really one that it looked like st mary's kind of had the uh 
had the lead from the get-go, really. I mean, 36-21 at uh, halftime, had a 15-point lead. St. Mary's looked like they really were uh, out there to win this game, to dominate this game from the start. So good on St. Mary's, good win for them. That'll lock them into the NCAA tournament, obviously. Um, I think they were already probably there, but that just cemented them. And Gonzaga, a tough loss, but again, nothing I think you have to worry about. You know, 13-1 in the conference for Gonzaga. They still automatically move on to the semifinals of the WCC tournament, uh, which is shaping up to be a tasteful one. Um, quick note on that one on the WCC. Uh, considering, uh, you know, hoping that uh, BYU would be able to take care of either Loyola Marymount or Pepperdine, um, we will have a BYU-San Francisco matchup in the quarterfinals, I believe that is, of the um, of the WCC tournament, which would essentially be an elimination game looking at the bubble. We'll get to the bubble again later. Um, but having having that BYU-USF uh, game there in the quarterfinals, you know, winner winner's probably going to the NCAA tournament, loser's going home. So definitely worth noting that there. That tournament starts this week along with all the other mid-major kind of conference tournaments this week. All right, that'll wrap up Saturday. Um, those are the big storylines from Saturday. Looking into Sunday, again, nothing crazy happening. Illinois, uh, great win on the road against Michigan. Michigan, you know, getting closer and closer to the outside of the bubble. Maryland, a big win for them. Uh, 14-15 and 15 Maryland improved to that record, 75-60 with a win over Ohio State uh, at the Xfinity Center um, in College Park. A, a really bad loss for Ohio State. I definitely think that's a seed line knocker as well. Um, so you'll have to be careful with that one. Losing games like that uh, to far inferior teams is a tough look. Um, but definitely a, a, a tough one for Ohio State and a, and a good one for Maryland, I think. A good one for, you know, uh, interim head coach Danny Manning. Some good experience for him. Playing Obviously trying to coach up his team against some of these really tough uh, Big Ten opponents. So that wraps up the weekend there, and then we'll move into uh, Monday's games. Baylor sneaking away from Texas late, 68-61 at Texas. Good win for them. Texas Tech getting rid of the pesky Wildcats, 73-68 beating Kansas State. And that officially bursts Kansas State's bubble. They probably needed that road win to stay alive for NCAA tournament hopes, but they were unable to get it. Uh, Texas Tech goes undefeated at home this year. Definitely something worth noting. They had a great home court advantage this year. Um, and then, yeah, UCLA took care of Washington. Iowa took care of Northwestern as well on Monday night. This is early on Tuesday night. This is earlier than we'd usually record. Usually it'd be towards the end of uh, most of the Tuesday night games, but uh, with Graham's sickness and with a couple other things going on tonight, um, I had to come in and, and kind of get the podcast done early. So it's currently 7.45 Eastern time uh, on that Tuesday. So only a couple games are going on right now. I'll run you through those, and I'll tell you what we got to look forward to tonight. Obviously, this is not going to get posted until Wednesday morning, so you'll find out these results um, on your own, and we'll probably discuss them in next, in next week's pod when we preview conference tournaments um, for kind of the bigger conferences. But anyways, point being, Providence-Villanova right now. Villanova handling Providence as expected by nine currently, uh, about five minutes into the second half. Tennessee taking care of Georgia. Kentucky have nine on Ole Miss. And Nebraska, sneaky little two-point lead over Ohio State. We'll have to see how that one shapes up there in the Value City, uh, in Value City Arena, just about an hour and a half north of us here in Columbus, Ohio. Other games to look forward to tonight. Kansas got to go on the road to TCU uh, in part of a home-and-home. Home. Uh, they play them this Tuesday uh, in Fort Worth, and then TCU comes to Lawrence on Thursday uh, to take on the Jayhawks, so worth noting that one there. Also worth noting, uh, Duke going on the road to Pittsburgh. Should be able to take care of business there, but definitely something to keep an eye on um, in Coach K's penultimate regular season ACC game. 
Number eight, Purdue, and number 10, Wisconsin. That is the headliner tonight at the Kohl Center in Madison, Wisconsin at 9 o'clock Eastern time. Definitely looking forward to that one. Um, also at 8.30 Eastern time, uh, Michigan uh, is hosting Michigan State with a much-needed win there for the Wolverines. If they can get uh, two of the next three for them, um, I think they might have a pretty good shot at the NCAA tournament, but we'll have to see how that wraps up. Uh, Cincinnati is on the road at Houston, and then also Arizona <clears throat> is going down to L.A. to play USC at the Galen Center tonight, later tonight. That's the nightcap at 11 p.m. Eastern. So some good games. We'll update those next week um, before previewing the conference tournaments, but definitely something worth noting there. All righty, so that wraps up our weekend schedule. Again, a, a wild weekend in college hoops. Uh, definitely one of my more favorite weekends. It was great because it was kind of sustained throughout the whole day. You had you know, you had the noon time slot game all the way through the 11 p.m. or 10 p.m. Eastern tip. Uh, game that were good quality games and, and had those upsets in them. So again, uh, definitely some things uh, worth noting that I think were you know definitely made for a really fun day in college basketball. And like I said, it was all day. There were no no bad windows where there was nothing going on, or you know you could go could go you know start your laundry or, or go go out and pick up some food. You know you were gonna miss something if you did. So good. It was kind of fun. Kind of got prepped for March. You know when you've got those that first weekend and you've got games. You know from beginning of the day to end of the day that are that are pretty stacked and solid games so righty, we'll run through the bubble really quick um just gonna go through and note a couple teams that should uh they're kind of hanging around that bubble uh, area per conference um we'll start we'll go alphabetically we'll start with the acc uh wake forest Notre dame north carolina are kind of the big ones um, as well as Virginia Tech and Miami. Virginia Tech's t- making a late run here, 18-11, um, uh, but they've had a couple good games, co- starting a couple good games here together recently. Um, we'll see how they do in the ACC tournament. Um, I believe Miami and North Carolina are also kind of on that same page, as well as Notre Dame and Wake Forest. So some quality teams kind of hanging around there in the ACC, but Duke is definitely the only lock uh, by far, so worth noting those. Big 12's got quite a few uh teams that are absolutely going to be in the field um among among those baylor kansas texas tech texas i would say iowa state's probably pretty comfortable in it comfortably in um oklahoma and tcu are the ones kind of on the outside looking in right now oklahoma's gonna need to do a lot gonna need to make a deep run um into that ncaa tournament or excuse me into that big 12 tournament if they would like to make it um i think they need to mark up some quality wins here 15 and 14 already that's a tough to put in a 14 loss team or a team even near 500 so i think you gotta go on a little bit of a winning streak here at the end of the season if you're oklahoma tcu on the other hand i do really like uh their chances especially after a big win against texas tech looking at the big east villanova yukon and providence are definitely in um moving past that i think uh you know seton hall marquette probably also have a pretty good shout uh xavier and creighton are the kind of the two on the bubble right now um, we'll talk more about Xavier later, but a really tough uh, month as a whole for Musketeer fans, um, and don't love the way they're sitting. Creighton probably on the outside looking in, but they've got a couple couple big games against UConn, Seton Hall this week to see what they can do. Big Ten, uh, obviously locks in Purdue, Illinois, Ohio State, and Wisconsin. Iowa, I think, is almost into that uh, lock type scenario now. Um, as well as Michigan State, I would say, is probably still pretty comfortably in. Um, Michigan, Indiana, Rutgers are going to be those teams on the bubble uh, in the Big Ten. I think all of those guys are in the same position. You know, I think you got to go out there and uh, take care of business down the stretch um, and, and win a couple games in the Big Ten. But, again, they're all playing each other um, come Big Ten tournament time. So, again, good chances to kind of prove yourself uh, for those Big Ten teams. 
Pac-12-wise, Arizona, UCLA, USC are all in. Um, it's it's down to Oregon. Oregon is the only team left on the uh, on the bubble coming out of the Pac-12. I think they're, I mean, they are on the outside looking in. Um, some really bad losses as of recent. Um, looking at a loss at Cal, a loss at Arizona State, or two games against Arizona State this season. So some really bad losses. I don't love their chances getting in, but we'll see uh, how the committee favors them come tournament time. SEC-wise, we're looking at six uh, teams that are absolutely in, Kentucky, Tennessee, Auburn, Arkansas, Alabama, LSU. Those are probably the six that are comfortably in the field. Florida is going to be in that bubble conversation, 18-11 um, right now. I think that's a really tough battle. Uh, but again, like I said, same thing with those other power conferences. When you get to those tournaments, you might have one game that may not be as significant, but after that, um, you're playing a bunch of teams where you can go prove yourself. So definitely... Uh, We'll want to keep an eye on that SEC tournament and the Florida Gators moving into it. Outside of that, uh, Gonzaga is absolutely in. These are just these are just you know other mid-major teams that are in. Houston's absolutely in. St. Mary's secured their spot this weekend. Murray State also did the same. Colorado State, I think, also uh, has secured their spot. I would say Boise State, uh, San Diego State, Wyoming, San Francisco. All those teams are also pretty comfortably in. So it looks like it can be four out of the Mountain West, um, barring any bid stealers. Um, looks like it's going to be at least, it's probably going to just be three out of the WCC as BYU and San Francisco will be matching up likely, uh, in the NCAA or in the WCC tournament. So that'll probably be an elimination game there. And then moving past that teams on the bubble, Loyola, Chicago, uh, VCU, Memphis, Davidson, SMU, North Texas, definitely some teams worth noting. Um, I cannot believe that Loyola Chicago has found themselves here, but they are now 21 and seven. Um, Lost to Northern Iowa uh, in overtime on Saturday and lost the MVC in in turn. So uh, Missouri Valley went to Northern Iowa this year. I don't think they're a good enough uh, at-large team necessarily. Obviously, Loyola Chicago is still kind of hanging around that um, area, but I, I think if they don't win uh, the Missouri Valley Con uh, Conference Tournament, I, don't, I think if they don't win Arch Madness, they will not be, um, they will not be in the NCAA tournament, unfortunately. North Texas is one of those teams that I think, obviously, they win their in, uh, win their conference tournament, CUSA. I think it gets more interesting for them if they don't win the CUSA tournament. Um, we'll have to see uh, how that wraps up there for North Texas, but definitely a good team there. Um, Memphis, I mean, who knows what's going on there, similar to an Alabama scenario there. Um, Davidson, I think, I would say is probably pretty comfortably in, um, barring any terrible losses here down the stretch. SMU is going to need to do some legwork in the AAC tournament. Um, and then VCU, again, I think would probably has to go win that uh, A-10 tournament to get themselves in there. So that kind of wraps up uh, the bubble talk there. So, again, uh, short little segments tonight, but we'll wrap it up, of course, um, with the Musketeer Minute. Two results uh, from the past week um, for the Xavier Musketeers that, that are obviously worth noting. Um, a couple big ones obviously being uh, the triple overtime thriller um, against providence this past wednesday um that was a phenomenal game from a neutral perspective um definitely a really tough one um to lose to be on the losing end of um but just not not a great spot to be for the musketeers after that one um that game had everything i mean it had a leaking ceiling a sports center top one ankle breaker from dewan odom uh paul scruggs buzzer beater to go into a third overtime I and and I still will die on this hill but I don't understand how Ed Cooley is not fouling there I understand Ed Cooley is 
arguably probably going to win coach of the year. Um, but I still don't understand how you don't foul there uh, when Scruggs gets that rebound with about five ticks to go on the clock. I think you got to foul him immediately before he even gets to half court. Providence doesn't. He hits a great shot um, to send it to triple overtime. And then, unfortunately, the Musketeers shorthanded, undermanned. Guys were gassed. I mean, they moved to a zone defense there. You could see it in the legs. Um, and, yeah, unfortunately, just uh, had a couple guys foul out on some questionable officiating. I think Biggie's officiating as a whole has been questionable this year with Dan Hurley's ejection, some things like that. Um, and on the outside of that, the the technical foul on Jack Nungie or the, the intentional foul on Jack Nungie, which is no longer in the book, is now a flagrant one um, at the end of that uh, that triple overtime game for for Xavier was was heartbreaking and, and really unfortunate to see that call made um, there at the end of the second overtime. But is what it is. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, controversial calls, great shots, um, great plays with the, with the crossovers and everything. Um, a Jared Bynum heat check um, from all the way down in Delaware, uh, a 45 footer there from the logo to really just be the dagger uh, to win it for Providence. So, and then again, that's in route to Providence destroying Creighton on Saturday and winning the big East. So good on Providence, good on PC. Um, obviously Ed Cooley, I love the guy. You can't hate him. Um, so great win for the, uh, for the Friars there and in route to win the big East. So congrats to the province Friars and a, and a good win for them. Really tough loss for Xavier to be on the losing end of there. And then moving past that, um, a, a Saturday loss, 82, 66 at home to Seton hall was incredibly frustrating, uh, to be there as a fan, as well as I think the players were getting frustrated with each other. Um, Travis Steele was feeling some frustration as that seat just gets a little bit hotter um, for him. So again, I just think um, a, a one in seven skid, um, you know, through through the month of February is is not good. Two and seven on a whole, um, you know, that's 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 not good. They've lost their last four. I mean, just some really tough. Like I, I mean, almost I don't even know how to say it. Like almost unlucky games. Um, for the Musketeers, they've been very close. They've had teams play out of their mind against them. Just things that sometimes you can't control. But uh, at the same time, you gotta you gotta defend home court and play a little better than they have it. I think at least on the on the home side of the floor. So you know, home losses to DePaul and St. John's and Seton Hall. Those are all to me somewhat inexcusable. So I think that's really unfortunate to see them going on a skid like this. Um, I would say they're still, I don't want to say comfortably in, but I would say they are still in the field as of now. Um, a game tomorrow night, or when you guys hear this, it'll be tonight against St. John's, breaking out the retro uniforms. That'll be big for them. Um, so I think a chance to really prove to the committee and to themselves uh, this team is capable. That'd be a huge win if they could get it um, on the road at St. John's. And then you wrap up senior, senior night, Saturday night at 7 o'clock, uh, Eastern time uh, in the Centos Center against Georgetown. Georgetown obviously hasn't won a game yet in the conference, but they've been pushing themselves uh, to the brink. And I think if you lose that one, then you really start to get concerned about the about the NCAA tournament. Um, and looking past that, looking at the Big East tournament, the way I see it, I think the Muskers are going to win three more games this season. So whether that be both regular season games coming down the stretch and then you go win the first round of the Big East, I think you're safe at that point. Um, I think if you lose either of these games coming down the stretch, I think you got to go win two games in the Big East tournament, um, which would require, you know, a, a, by the numbers, upset over either a Providence, uh, UConn, or a Villanova realistically. So I think that's probably how it kind of shakes out for the Musketeers. Um, unfortunately, it is really, you know, it's really saddening to see, especially the way they started the year. 
Um, but I do think that in the end, I think the Musketeers will be all right, and I think they uh, they should still be feel decently comfortable about getting in. Um, Torvik has the Musketeers at a 74.9% chance of making the NCAA tournament. So still fairly comfortably in according to a lot of the computer metrics, um, but don't want to get too wishy-washy with it here down the stretch. So. Alrighty, that'll wrap things up here tonight for the Norwood Noise Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll be back with a full pod next week um, with picks and trivia and all that good stuff as you usually enjoy. Um, that'll be the preview of the conference tournament, so we'll do probably a little pick segment with that. And then we'll let you know our schedule for sure. We'll get that set in stone by next week for the NCAA tournament and for how we're going to do all of those games throughout the NCAA tournament and how we're going to do up um, pods. It will obviously be more frequently um, and we'll get you some good content coming there come NCAA tournament time. So again, thank you all so much for listening. Episode 17, Norwood Noise. Myself, Evan Shibble, usually alongside Graham Griffith. Hope you get better, buddy. We'll see you soon. And then thanks again to you all for listening. We'll see you next week.